With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Toffee TV. This is the podcast episode three. Trois. Episode three. Yeah. There you go. Uh, still without Baz, who is in, remains in Orlando, Florida, having the time of his life. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard he's on Hoth this week. He's not on Hoth. He's in. He's in. I don't know what. I can't remember what the planet's called. So we went to. Is it the one where they go to in the first film? No, no. There's, he's got so we so. So we went to Galaxy's Edge, which is the new Star Wars land within uh, Disney. So point. It's not even open yet. He doesn't even like Star Wars. <laughs> I have no bitterness in my voice, honestly. Um, because a good friend of ours. Friend of the show. Friend of everybody's. Will Sliney. Marvel. Artist. Comic book artist. I'm sure people remember a few years ago he did some. Um, he did something for the kit. He did something for the programme. Seamus Coleman for the programme. He did something for Roberto Martinez. Um, it was brilliant. He's done. There's designs around Goodison Park. He's done stuff for Umbro. He's currently writing a uh, drawing a Star Wars comic book. I think it's for Beckett, who is the character played by Woody Harrelson in the Solo film. If you've seen that, you haven't, have you? No, no, I don't think you have. I, I, I delay me Star Wars watching. You delay it. What by? Like, you're, you're going to catch Return of the Revenge of the Sith this year? No, I've, I've, I'm all up to date. I've watched Rogue One and the two, the latest two in the series. I haven't, I haven't watched any spin, I the, set, the solo spin off film, though. Why haven't you watched it? I don't know. I don't really like the actor they put us on solo. It really upset me. I wanted someone like, I don't know, someone better. Like who? I don't know, off the top of my head. Like Alden, <laughs> Alden and Reichson is not Han Solo. No, well, the, to be fair, there's only one person who is Han Solo. Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. He's, he's also in Indiana Jones. Well, he, and yeah, he, there's nobody else who could who could who could play. No, but you could get an actor who would like be like, you know, someone who's like got that like. Yeah. What about right? I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah. Couldn't they have got Harrison Ford to play the role and then done his face? But the technology's good enough now, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean they got Samuel Jackson played. A like thirty-five-year-old version of himself in in Captain Marvel, and literally didn't miss a beat. It was perfect. Seventy years old as well. So why not? Why didn't he do it with Harrison Ford? And you know, stop all the nonsense around actors who who just can't play him. That's a good point, Sonny. <laughs> I don't think you're putting your full input into this. I don't, think I don't you... know. I'm not really that fussed on the solo. When the solo film, the idea came out, it was all exciting. Thought Han Solo, the, you know, the greatest character yeah. in Star Wars, and then you got controversial. Really? Mm. Who's better? Uh, I mean, it's I, Han Solo. <laughs> I like Obi Wan, and I'm I'm absolutely delighted that which, the... which version the. the well, but, I mean, Alec Guinness was just phoning it in. Yeah, he was. He, was he, he didn't even think it was going to be real. He did didn't. He? He did, afterwards, he just took the money and legged it and just went back to his private members club. Yeah. Well. Um, had a couple of brandies. <laughs> but, you know, Hugh McGregor obviously understands it's literally his cash cow for the rest of his life. He oh, just, yeah, it's smart. milk the teeth. You've got to find yourself a little franchise, if you will, have well, That's you? it. You've got to take the blue milk and just run with it. Do you think Vin Diesel will be working in Hollywood if it wasn't Fast and Furious? Well, I mean, that's a different kettle of fish. I mean, <laughs> that's that's Fast and Furious. That's, that's on a billion dollar franchise. That's a different level, isn't it? Yeah. Um, going back to uh, the, what we were originally talking about. So, so, Galaxy's Edge is this new Star Wars land. Going back to your original question, it's its own thing. All oh, right, okay. So the land it is, it's its own thing. It's a new thing. It's an outpost uh-huh. that is part of the continuity of Star Wars. Right. And it's its own thing, so it's not. So, so because it's part of the continuity, they couldn't have uh, have it being uh, like Endor or Tatooine or Hoth or anything. So I mean, it's not cold enough so for Hoth at all. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows. Everyone knows. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Which makes this doubly as hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is place. So it's been opening the LA Disney for a while, and it's opening. It's opening uh, this week. So 
Will is a writer, and I seen he was in. I've seen he was in the park like Tuesday night. I was like, "Where are you?" He's like, "I'm right here on the west coast, the east coast. I'm in, I'm in Orlando." I was like, "So is Baz." So Tuesday evening, you got a message. I got a message. Oh, can I have Baz's number? Like, I, I didn't even know it was. To be honest with you, I, I had to check. I, you know, he had a he had a tech next to his name, so he couldn't have been that you know some crazy. But you know, you have to check these things. You've got to. Yeah. Um, so I was like, so I, "Yeah." I'm t- you're gonna take him to. You're gonna take him to Galaxy's Edge, aren't you? Like a jealous wife. You are take you <laughs> and him together. I so, can you imagine that your wife never got any peace after that? After you found out. So he's, he's sending me pictures. He's sending me pictures. So he said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah." He went out. He said, "He said I've got six passes." So I was, I was, I wanted them Baz to live my dream for me. So I'm, I'm messaging him. What are you doing? Why? I'm WhatsApp ringing him, and he's 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 buttoning me off straight away. You know, so there's new friends. No, he's no, he's he's thinking there's no Wi-Fi here. I'm not accepting <laughs> this. I might get done with the charges. So, so anyway, he, uh, the next thing I know, I mess him. Have you got in touch with him? And he, I just got a message back of a picture of him standing in front of the Millennium Falcon. There's rumours going around that his kids never got to any on the rides. His just... kids, his kids are nowhere to be seen. His kids are just like distant <laughs> shadows in the background. As he enjoys his life, he's literally give up his kids for like you know there are no children in the Jedi. He's literally just got rid of all his kids. And I went, did you go on the ride? And he went, yeah. And he sent me a picture, and it was like this him and Will in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Big smiles on the face. Again, none of Baz's kids anywhere to be seen. I was like, Where, where's your kids? Is, is Baz Chewy or Orlando Calrissian? He was... Um, no, he was like... No, when, no, in the third one. Yeah. When Jit uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. when it's Lando, and he goes with the, the other dude <laughs> yeah. with the weird face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who Baz right, is. Right, Baz is the weird guy. Um, right, okay. I think his name's Nub Nub. Right, okay. So... Cheers, Nub Nub. He's he's basically Nub Nub. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> you can't be saying Baz is chewy, and he's definitely not Lando. No, he's not cool. De- and he's definitely not Han. No, he's not. So, um, so yeah, the picture. I was like, "Where's your kids?" And he sent me another picture, and it's like all his kids and his missus in the one picture. The, the foot. You see yeah. a foot. Just like. <laughs> so yeah, they're just the stowaways. Um, so yeah, he went. He went. He went there. So that's what he's doing. So that's the Baz updates. Yeah. I mean, he went, to, he went to SeaWorld as well, which I was disgusted mm, by. Mm. And I just got, uh, he went, oh, I just went on the ride. I went, no, you're. When I didn't go and see Shamu, out of respect, I was like, Shamu's dead. You're spearing for everything. Yeah, that's because people like you have killed Shamu. <laughs> people like you have given their money to this disgusting organisation. You've helped kill Shamu once. Put you. lipstick on, on seals as well. They do, they do. Yeah. I believe so. And blush it on penguins. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Has is all part of this. He is all part of it. Just stay away from the blowholes. That's all I say. Baz. <laughs> um, that's a Baz update, isn't it? He's back. <coughs> back next week. My God, another week. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Living the dream. Living the dream. Living the absolute dream. Well, we're here. Providing entertainment to all you. I know. But the worst thing about being here is. You, you you come into the studio and you know it's cold, it's wet, and you get in here and you've got jeans on. The next minute, the the jeans are literally sticking to your legs because of the because the heat fluctuations. Mm, and the young John Bishop's in in, in as well as oh he? yeah. So uh, the kids, uh, if anyone's seen the viral video of the Red Men, um, you know of Sadio Mane. Basic. I didn't watch it. He's in the next studio. He's been he's been given lip already to me. He's been given lip. <laughs> Yeah, the less said about that, the better. Ron Con. He is. He's definitely. I don't know. Have you got a purple bin? I went, yeah. So have I. I was like, yeah, because you ma painted yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know where you've got a purple bin. Probably just colourblind. Probably is. Probably got a red bin because he's been kicked Probably in the yellow. head. yellow. Kicked in the head a couple of times. I said, so if you're from Liverpool, how come you get charged to go on the bridge every every day? <laughs> He had no answer to that. No, I didn't. didn't even know what a bridge was. <laughs> bridge too far, I think. I think we're just we're just putting off the fact of having to talk about Everton versus. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that again. What a horrendous game of football. The more you watch, well, the more well, you don't watch it all again. I've watched it twice. I've watched no football since. No, I've watched, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, I've watched it twice, and even if you watch like a highlight, it's just a lot of passing that goes nowhere. It's just, just. Nothing happens, does it? But anyway, we're playing we're playing Lincoln tonight, and obviously them being of a lesser 
lesser quality than Aston Villa. We should play better, fingers crossed, of course. Obviously, we are coming to you before the game, and we don't know how the result, and you may have listened to this after the game, you know, and hopefully, for the sake of Twitter, my ears and the meltdown will oh, begin. No, you know. no, it's no. even when the team comes out, the meltdown's going to begin in it, so hopefully. I think Silver will try and change it up. Hopefully not too much. I'd like a bit of continuity, because... You know, the, the panic will set in every place, 11 different players. We were utterly awful against Villa, don't we? I mean, like, oh, and it was one of those performances that makes people go, oh, we're miles away. Yeah. Like, heads fell off literally everywhere. I suppose the last time we played, that was Fulham. And, yeah. And, and, and those performances have been few and far between, haven't they? Let's be honest. But since, yeah, since about February last year. Yeah, it's how you react to it, isn't it? They come out the box, as we said. I know, we're, we're, listen, we're recording this before and you'll probably know the results by the time you listen um, but this is the problem when you've got a game midweek there's never any uh, there's never an ideal time to record some things no, because especially something like which is general so um, but we were just we it, it was one of those performances I take so, I sort of take solace from the fact that everyone was bad and it was the same with Fulham everyone was bad yeah it wasn't like sort of one person letting the side down it wasn't you were just the whole team was dis- not dysfunctional, but it just didn't work. Nothing came off. It was very rigid, stale. And do you know what? I think sometimes you might need games like that. So because if you if, if you just like the first two games you played okay, then we won, you know we won and we drew. Mm. If that gets seeped into like October, you're still playing the same yeah. way, and you're just grinding out results. It's gonna it's gonna fall eventually. So now we can look at ourselves and Silver can look at us and say these are the tweaks we need to make. And hopefully mm. going forwards, we've got we've obviously got the young the new players as well ready to come in as well. Then hopefully we can start start kicking on. I think the I think really important stat that's come out of all the games so far is three passes from Sigurdsson to Dom Dom and three passes back the other way. That shows you, doesn't it, where our problems are? It shows you that no matter what anyone says about about Dominic Carvel Noon, about Gilfrey Sigurdsson, that's our problem. We don't we don't uh, get the ball centrally through to the striker enough. No, I was saying that I, I, I had a little look at the uh, stats the other day and. 19% of our attacks in that first half, well, up until, let's say, the 60th minute, came... So, 19% came down from in the central sort of parts of the, the, the pitch as you break it up into three three parts. On the left, it was 30%. On the right, it was you know 40%, 40% almost. So, basically, then, when Awobi and Keane came on, it went up to 26%. Now, people go, oh, that's not that much. But, actually, going from 1-5 in five to 1-4 in four is quite a bit of a difference. And if you looked at Liverpool, Liverpool only, I think, was 30 two percent down the middle so you're sort of getting right towards the right sort of levels there when, when them two came on because they offered the option mm. they wanted the ball to feet in central is because they're confident enough to turn and run with the ball when you watch other sides the best sides say Manchester City how how much do you think more they attack down the middle or or, or? it's the space and it, it creates everywhere so even if they do attack solely down one side they're obviously doing overloads as well so Generally, it's the way they space the pitch out. If they open up space in the centre of the pitch, then they'll pass into the centre of the pitch because it's creating mis- mm. dis- um, you know, uh, disadvantages for the defence. You know, there's basically an overload in the defence. If it's on the wing, they'll do the same thing. We don't space out enough. You have like Bernard and Dean in a small area with like three defenders so, on them. So what you're basically saying is, is that Man City play a certain way to create space, yes, that's the key. and wherever that space appears, they well, play through it. it. Whereas we just tend to play out wide as a tactic and d- therefore we will probably make less space because it's a tactic rather than a uh, a style if that makes any sense we're not drawing players in. yeah, yeah we're not tra- so basically if you if you're Maston Villa tonight you've got six for four beyond angles and six for five Tyro Mings mm. what do you want to do do you want to play in the channels and get run out or do you want people to throw the ball in the box do you want people to throw the ball in the box mm. and we found that trap against Crystal Palace as well so the, what the key is is to try and vary it up so that they can't set themselves for a certain type of attack and what the, we become quite predictable really mm. and Dean I, can, we, I think we've, we've crossed the ball 62 times in the first um, three games and let's be honest with the quality of the crossing isn't that been that great I'm not the blaming the players I don't think the movement's there in the middle yeah. and the other bit, the other problem as well is the two the defence see the people playing you know 4-2-3-1 or whatever 4-3-3 the central midfielders of the teams aren't being occupied by anyone because Andre Gomez is not stepping out of like the, you know, the midfield area Gilfie Sigurdsson is too high so they they find that they find it very easy we need to get players to draw these players out to create space and we need I think we need to be less rigid is what I'm trying to say yeah there's a there's um 
that's the thing, isn't it? When you, you're in your third game, and I think we come into the season and everyone's thinking, right, a couple of additions, and it gets us to we're playing in a certain style, and you're just adding to it, and you are you are just you're just making the system better. Mm. Whereas now, I think when you come after that game, you start thinking. Oh, there's a lot more to do. There's so much more to do. It's not just the system. The system's going to have to change after losing Garner and after losing Zuma at the back. There's, it's, it's, you know, the system's going to have to evolve right, more than anything else now, and um, that'll be the next step. But I think, I think that's the problem, isn't it? You feel like you're so close when you're a club almost continually in flux, which it feels like Everton always are. I think it's why people make snap judgments mm. because you just run out of patience. You run out of yeah, patience have, yeah. of going from manager to manager, system to system, and then and then systems within systems. Yeah. And it's it's it can be it, it's. I, I understand why I understand why people almost make those snap snap judgments. It's 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 not because it it's the this new generation of fans or no, anything like that. It's just. People run out of patience. It's not kids. It's people who've been watching for a very, very long time. We're quite time. as a fan base. You yeah. know, if you look at it, we've we've had so many false dawns, so many nights where we should have done something and we never. And people, they've got no faith. And when it starts, when they look at a game mm. like that and, it, and it's just not working, they think it's happening again. And and that's and that's the worry. And I understand that. And I suppose Marco Silva's got to make the, make the tweaks, but. I said like at the end of last season, people were like we've won these ten games. You know, we beat all the big sides, great. And I was saying, well, is that going to work mm. against these sides at City? It won't because they don't offer the same amount of space that stuff to Dom and Gilfie when they're sitting off with the sitting off because they go, you know, or they're playing ball like direct balls and basically half their midfields in our area when they're playing these balls. It's, you've got to have different styles against different teams. Pep Guardiola, when he came to the Premiership, he didn't have the personnel, but he also said he struggled to break down that four-five-one that a lot of teams or four-four-two block. That team. so he spent a whole pre-season working on it. And they absolutely destroyed teams like that. And, and they they obviously went out and bought the full-backs. Yeah, they did. And and it's to space it. Yeah, to space it essentially, and that and that's the key because we have got good full-backs. I think who can space it. It's just that they need Bernard and Richardson especially because Richardson are far out of you. Know, out wide isn't as effective as he is when he's closer to goal. So having him more in the half space, mm. which is the area between the post and the edge of the area, is better for him because it, it then draws a, a neck. So then you leave James Coleman's good dribble one on one with the full back or the left midfielder, which is what you want instead of a man to try and beat two defenders all the time. But his deliveries have been terrible. No, so. they have been. But I'd rather him create. I'd rather him sort of collapse a block by dribbling past them and later just pass it, cut it back to the edge of the area. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what we need more. But yeah, I, I agree that the delivery's been pretty. pretty what bad. do you make of the criticism, like Gary Neville leveled? I mean, he throws criticism around left, right, and centre. <laughs> I mean. Having a go at people in Manchester the other day for not wearing socks. I mean, I fully agree <laughs> with that. I fully back them up. It's quite. Till so he found out you could get these like basically socks, you know, like invisible socks, invisible yeah. socks. Which there's a pandemic, the non-sock thing. Though, oh, yeah. it's 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 scandalous, yeah. scandalous. It's the, it's the disease of our time. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. It's 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 our cholera. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, put that on a poster if you want, but um, I don't know whether you put that on for men's health or just for this podcast, yeah. but. Toffee TV <laughs> podcast, the collar of our times. <laughs> you get some kind of, you get some pro collar of people now kicking off. Yeah, again, sign of our times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he was saying, you know, Everton are soft. He just said Everton are soft. He said every time he watch, he watches them, he says they're nice, they're pretty, blah blah blah. But they don't commit, and he's like, though, isn't he? He is right. But then I, I sometimes I rail against the fact that everyone pigeonholes us as this like really blood and thunder side, like under Moyes, and you know, you know, I, I don't want. You've got to be able to play two both ways, really. You know. You know, people are saying, "Oh, we miss Garner." Okay, I had a little luck. We, we, in terms of interceptions, we are a little lower. Tackles is about one, one and a half a game. Which I know it's the influence. I get you right. Yeah. But the, the number of tackles where he's making five tackles, we're not missing that. No, but this is where I think I think this is where stats can be You're misleading. Can, can be, be yeah. misinterpreted, misleading. I think players say. I think when you've got a midfield three of Snydlin. Sigurdsson and Gomez. They're not really a midfield three, though, are they? It's a four-four-two. No, really. I know, I know, but it is a midfield three. But what I'm saying is, is that when Gilfie Sigurdsson at Garner, I imagine Gilfie Sigurdsson just went sound. Yeah, I can do what I want. And Gomez was like, "Yeah, I can play. I can play on the turn all the time. I'll pick. He'll get the ball for me. He'll give it to me, and I can look up." Gomez is now looking, thinking. I can't go anywhere. It's the midfield structure though, that's the problem. That's it, what I'm saying. It it's... would work if they understood the roles, but they don't seem to. Like it should be Snyland sitting and Sigurdsson and, and um, Gomez linking the attack with Sigurdsson. Mm. But at the moment, Gomez sits really deep 
Schneiderlin sits for your deep sometimes goes it, it just there's I think with I think Abamon going out was probably a bit because I think I mean Gomez were hopefully going to develop a partnership and I think you know you'd have similar to Gay because Gay used to attack the space didn't he when he had the chance yeah, yeah. the ball and that's what Gabama do Schneiderlin's never going to attack the space that is not his game his game is to lay the ball off to better players win it back and, and obviously cover that back you know, in front of the centre-backs so it's the structure again it's the shape it needs to be changed now if you go to a midfield three I think that will provide better because that means Schneiderlin has to do even less because he just sits in front of the back four no but he's really good at doing that and for Southampton that was his best position when he was doing that but it's about finding the right roles, the right players. You can't shoe on players in, and I think the two with Gay were because Gay was better in the two, but Gay wouldn't have been a good number six because he likes to run and chase people into blind alleys, doesn't no, he? No, but I think that Gay's more of a you know he was he's a player in the mould of of Kante where you just say do what you want. He is, and, and that's why Kante didn't play six last year for Chelsea because he, he hasn't got that positional discipline, mm. whereas because he, he's got that role to just go in the ball back, which is what you need. But in this four three three, Garner would have been. One of the two forward and midfielders rather than one sitting. That's the I'd I'd feel a lot more confident with Garner in midfield. I just I know that. I just... No, I, I think we would do, and he was a big safety valve for us, wasn't he? Because he won the ball back so much. And I'm, I'm waiting to the end of the season to say unequivocally. Whether how dare you? How dare you? How dare you look into the future? Of course, but let's see what happens. We might, you know. No, and I, I listen. I'm not. I just I just mean from now because yeah. of the, um, for the Gabamon situation, the Gabamon situation is is. Um, it, 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 it's a tragedy. It, it's, I mean, I don't go that far. I mean, it's not, it's on, we're not on steps. No, it's it's, it's 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 it, you just got a new sign. You're quite excited about, and it's 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 quickly. It's it's become a bit. Of this, you it's know. not just that. It's the idea that, and I wouldn't even say I was I'd be, I was that excited about him. It was just the fact that. Well, so. it, it was just the fact that he he was gonna he he was the obvious replacement for Ghana, yeah. and even if it took how long it t- took him to adapt to the Premier League, I think I was, you know, I think. Personally, and all of the people were willing to see him have four or five average games of football yeah, till yeah. he till he sort of come to terms with it. And now, now you've got to wait three months. So have another four or five average games. And then, but it won't. It'll take him the entire season. Though. It probably will do, yeah. Which is the, which is the sad part about it. And we're probably going to have to buy another midfielder next anyway next summer. I think as it, as it looks, I think that's one of the positions to look at. Oh, I think I I think they'll go back for Decorey. Uh, he's going to be 27, 28 next year. I think that's. They might look elsewhere. That's mm. just me. I think he is. If they can find someone who could do his role, then they would look elsewhere. If they were younger, but then maybe he can't. He's very, very particular type of player. Yeah. There's not many people get in the box as much as him from that position. No, so, he's because um... he adds like six or seven. He's he's been creative football. He's good creative um, pastor as well. So it's finding someone who could do that role in Silver System. And whether we can do, we can't do. Off the top of my head, you know, Frank Kessie could do that, but it, the, the, I wouldn't say he'd be the particular type of player they look because he's quite expensive. So it's it's about brands finding um, and Silver agreeing that maybe if it isn't too core, it's someone else. Wasn't Kessie supposed to be going to Wolves? Yeah, it fell apart, didn't it? For whatever Wolves have they've just bought Thomas Cook, haven't they? Folks in the the company that owns them have just bought Thomas Cook. Oh, okay, nine hundred million. So he's not, he's not he doesn't play for them. Thomas I was Cook. just yeah, I was getting confused there for a moment. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was it was it was a bad game, a and bad I think Dom's took unfortunately most of the flack, which mm. is not. Don't be wrong. We, we all know his limitations. Let's let's be honest here. And people are going to be why do you love Dominic Carvalho? It's not that I love him. It's not that we love him. It's just that we understand that there is limit. We don't understand his limitations, but we also understand that it's not his fault. I, I I faced I faced all the same criticisms when Tom Davis was in the team. All the same people were saying all the same things about Tom Davis, and it was like, hang on, I'm just waiting for Andre Gomez. I'm saying that he's the best thing we've got till Andre Gomez comes yeah, yeah, in the exactly. side. And as soon as Andre Gomez came inside, it was like. There you go. There's the player, yeah. but he hasn't been fit. So what do you do? So it's like the same with Dom. People are going, oh, he's terrible. He's this and he's that. And if he'd scored, by man, you're like, what else have we got? Cheng Tosin's not fit. Well, I'm, I'm told Cheng Tosin's the best striker in the squad, but he's scored less goals in the same amount of games as Dom has over the last mm. two, two and a bit seasons. So. Cheng's not fit, and they were waiting for Moise Keane to be fit. Yeah. Now, what if? What if the reason Gabamon got the injury? You know, Gabamon got injured, hitting a ball in training. He's had zero pre-season. So what if that's the reason he got injured? Yeah. Is because he wasn't actually ready. He had no pre-season, and his muscles were were, were struggling with the with the workload. Because that's that's the yeah. top and bottom of it, isn't it? it is, yeah, that's yeah. the top and bottom. Of it. Muscle like anything else. You know, I went to footy last week, and it was the first time I played football for for about eighteen months, and. It took me off four days. <laughs> my muscles were screaming at me. 
I mean, they were screaming for cake. And I, <laughs> I give, I sit, I, I served, bribed with cake, I yeah. served my muscles cake to be quiet. But it's that, isn't it? It's like these are, these are the, the elite athletes. But you can't just throw them. No, you're overworking. They're coming yeah. off. Of, they, they've had like not much summer break because they played in the Afcon in Gabamon's case. Very little, I think three or four training sessions before yeah. they came in that first game. You're overworking the muscles, and and, and that, this is what happened with Arsenal. If you, remember, you know, they had loads of issues, didn't they? Which have sight. I was watching the Leeds documentary, and um, the same thing happened with that. Yeah, they got a bit. They, they, always, them out, they yeah. always had players injured, yeah. like all the time. So the reason they never came up is because by the end of the of the last season. They had players like on long-term injuries all over the place. That's the, that's what le- it's leveled at Bielsa, so that he overworks them all. See, they train too hard, and yeah. by the end of the season, they've just got nothing left. I, I'm not saying it's the same as what we had, but it's just that he had to come in too early. These, but the medical people will be telling the manager, mm. saying, you know, playing for half an hour, playing for 25 minutes, half an hour, extend it, get to you know, get to the league cup, give him a start, and then he might be ready to yeah. play an hour's peak yeah. from the start, and then then. You're building his levels up so that he can play for the whole of the season. Then instead of coming in, getting injured, going out, and never finding that level, and whatever anyone says, at some point you've just got to. This is where it's funny because this is where I personally fell out with Martinez. It was when he stopped listening to the doctors. Oh, and he played to James McCarthy. And he literally yeah. ruined James McCarthy's career. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, he did. I mean. James McCarthy was never the same player because he played him when he wasn't. He was in the red zone. As yeah, say, when he yeah. played him against Wolfsburg, when yeah. when when um, Danny Donachie told him not to, I believe, and you know Danny Donachie ended up leaving the club, he's, and he's back now, and he's one of the best people out there. He is, yeah, yeah. You're just thinking, you've got to listen to your medical staff. It's all right, you know. It's that's their specialty. That exactly. is their specialty. You, you know, you can have a degree in, in you know, in, in it's a, all, but it's all right because Martinez went to like Trump University. Yeah, exactly. It's ever degree in sports science, whatever. But it's it's this is the thing. If you throw Keane in, he gets injured like Gabamon. Then was, then it's Dominic Carver Lewin all season. So you you're gonna get I just don't understand it's a thirty eight game season. I understand people are really desperate to wait, make Europe, top six, the sick and tired of being all surrounded yeah. to the team over the road. We, it, 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 it's a thirty it's a long season, it's it's not game by game, let's think about this. We wanna play at least fifty games a season. Yeah, exactly. You've played fifty games in a season and you know you've had a relatively good season. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. so Let's 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 see how how it develops. Hands out, yeah. Uh, coming up in part two, we're going to be discussing the situation in the EFL with Berry mm. and Bolton. The sad situations there. We'll be right back. Thanks for downloading the Toffee TV podcast. But did you know we put all our shows out as podcasts? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Toffee TV EFC and you'll find all the latest shows available as podcasts exclusively for Patreon subscribers. So if you need to find all the latest ever news, conversations, stats, match previews and match reviews as easily downloadable podcasts at your convenience, head over to Patreon. Welcome back to part two of the Toffee TV podcast. Me and Andy in the hot seats this week. Um, Sad times in the football league, Berry have been wound up. Basically, yeah, they have been had yeah. their um, licenses. It's yeah, off they've them. been expelled from the football league. It, you know, this is something I'm really passionate about, really, and it, it's disgusting. Really, it's the EFL's got a lot to answer for for allowing these men, these crooks, if you will, to buy teams. And Berry and Bolton have suffered as a result. Bolton have got a reprieve in the fact they've got two more weeks now, haven't mm. they, to sort of buy it out. It's just disgusting. It's the, the letting these chances in. You just got no. You really have got nothing. You know, if you allegedly, I'm not, I'm not too sure how true this is. Steve Dale's essentially put Barry into the ground so he could make three million essentially. Yeah, off, off a debt that was owed. Basically, his, his, his son-in-law bought a, has got a debt company that's now bought the debt. So someone's gonna have to pay that debt, and the insurance is it on the debt or something? You know, Did you, it, it, it's outrageous. It, it's it's. It's the way of the world, isn't it? It's not just football; it's the way of the world, and it and it's it's obviously come into football, creeped into football. We've got people just buying football clubs um, because of the assets more than anything else. You know, you've got you've got. I mean, for me, I remember you know when West Ham got bought, and obviously they got a free stadium, mm-hmm. and they got the owners basically got land in in East London. Yeah. You know, some of the some probably. 
very prime, prime yeah. land to, to build houses on, etc. Basically, rip the history from the club. Um, you, we see it everywhere, and now we're seeing it. We're seeing it at two clubs in the space of a very short ter- term. And Barry, I just think it's it's so sad because I went there uh, pre-season last year, yeah, and they seem to be on the up and up. You know, they had a good coach. They seem to have good players. It was a nice, welcoming place, and you think you just thought like it's another club in the northwest that'll be all right because it's got passionate fans. You know, we might only have like two, three thousand, four thousand passionate fans, but you know they'll be there week in and week out. They're not chasing the glory of United or City or or, or Liverpool or whatever. So it just it just screams that the people who were in charge of 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 football in this country just are letting it go to the dogs. It is, and you know, you look at Barry's season last season. You mentioned there, Ryan Lowe's as manager, mm. he snapped Plymouth Argyle, played an exciting brand of football, probably one of the best Barry's best ever seasons in terms yeah. of like from they went up, they got promoted. Yeah. So going from the high of being promoted to being out of business within like four months is just it's it's, it's unfathomable. But like you know, it, it won't happen in the Premier League because the Premier League is, is basically propped up by Sky. And you know you can only imagine if Everton got relegated in the early two thousands, what would have happened to Everton at the time? Because mm. we were in dire, probably probably too big to go under in the sense that someone would have bought us, but. It was a precarious time before this TV deal coming, TV money coming, because people couldn't afford to sort of. Well, everyone lives above the means now, don't they? Really, that's the problem. And with with Barry, it, you know, this fella came in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save Barry, and and then really, what happened is he, as soon as that tax bill hit or whatever the, the debt was called in, that was his chance. Then he thought. You know, I'm out here. I'm well, he, had, money. he had no interest, did he? No, he's he just said, "I've never been to Betty in my life." There was an interview he did with Five uh, Five Live, yeah, yeah Tony Lassie, so, and yeah. it was it was it was horrendous because the worst thing about it was it's not the fact that he's saying for me anyway. It's not that he's saying I've never been to Betty. Didn't mm. know he was a football club. It's it's it was what he said about the fans, yeah, saying they need to behave themselves. All these drunken fans having a go at me, and it was like, hang on, mate, because he basically he basically was saying in the interview. Companies go bust every day. That's what he was saying. Yeah, it's not the I same. I was like, no. it's a football club. It's not. It a, is, yeah. It's not whether you like it or not. It's not a business. It's it's a it's the life and soul of a community. It is. It's that, much like the you know in the eighties when the miners were you know yeah. they kill communities. It's the same. I know that's a business, but still, you're as you said, you're ripping the heart out mm-hmm. of a community. And 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 the, the the brazenness in which he said it, you know, it was just like whatever. Well, sadly, though, this is. I mean, just it's it, it's it's. This is football, but it's more than fo- it's it's happened like you just said there. It's been happening for 20, 30 years mm. where bit by bit the countries get being getting chipped away at one pe- one mm. bit of another. You know, every industry we've sold all the industries to people uh, abroad. I remember when I was growing up that every company had some kind of Sports club, yeah, that's right, yeah. and community place. You know, listen. You grow up in Liverpool. You grow up in the northwest. You go to a lot of social clubs. You know, yeah. whether it be family parties or whatever, and they're either attached to churches or they were attached to the likes of Manweb or Littlewood yeah. or the Police Club or yeah, the Gyro. Up, you know, um, there was all there was always some kind of sporting club and teams attached. And they had really good teams as well. I remember growing up. I mean. It, you know, there used to be a police club, the Fairfield, in um, yeah, South Haven, where I live, yeah, in Prescott Road. You used to have all the cup finals. It was fantastic. Mm. You'd, and uh, that's gone. That's now it's a, a housing estate. Yeah. Used to, there's one. There's still the police have still got one in Egbeth yeah. behind the cricket club, which is still quite recent, uh, quite decent. The police actually used to get paid overtime to play for the football teams and that's why they had so many good football teams as soon as the overtime run out that was, that was it all the players just just chipped it off there was no point but you'd have like Manweb as I said in Chilwall and so many good metal box up in Speak you had so many good places that were communi- you know, community hubs people could go there for a drink you had sporting clubs attached you could take your kids they've all gone now They've all gone. They're all like housing estates now. So, it, and it's and all that land's been gone. All that green yeah. space has been gone. All those football pitches have gone. So, all those things have been chipped away at in our communities. And now, now they're coming for our football teams, yeah. the smaller football teams. And football is as much to blame because the pyramids being absolutely destroyed. And it's not just one thing. It's been a lot of things. The Premier League started it. The greed, the greed of the Premier League, the top teams saying, "Well, we want more money than everyone else, so there's less going down the pyramid." Then I think you had like Bosman rule I think didn't help I mean it helped the players 
and it is this for it is a work in practice it's not just something that was decided because rich people wanted to get rich yeah even though it has saved uh players and agents then i think there's and there's little minor things like the subs rule yeah people, set, you can stockpile players you can, you can you. hold players which means that not as many players filter down the system yeah and, it, and it's all these little things that have just Gone against all the little communities. One of the main ones, that one of the main ones, really, in the last couple, of the last few years, is the EPPP, the Elite Player Performance Plan that the Premier League clubs have got in place, where yeah. basically they don't have to pay for young players from teams. I look at Norwich at one team. So Barry, say, produced you know a Wayne Rooney, their own Wayne Rooney. Premier League team, we have fifty grand. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. You know, back in the day, you would have to pay eight hundred thousand. That would have kept the club going for two years. It's just not like that now. Brentford closed their academy because they got two players dropped off. The one by Manchester City, which is Ian Pervera, and the other one was Josh Bohoy by Manchester United. And them two players have never played for either team. I think Pervera will eventually make it, but Bohoy's now in Holland. But if they'd stayed at Brentford, they would have likely played. Hmm. But they never got any money for them. John Bostock, when he left Crystal Palace to go to uh, Tottenham, you know Simon Jordan obviously said a lot of things about that at the time. But these clubs are being robbed of like a way of making money consistently because and teams are just robbing them essentially. It was. You know, I do you think of clubs like Crew, yeah, conveyor belt of players, and and the reason why I mentioned Bodgman was because that opened the door to us being able to go and get foreign players for yeah, nothing, exactly, yeah. and that stopped that route. And then and then all the English teams every time they did get talent, put the prices right up because mm. it was because there wasn't a conveyor belt. They all decided, well, this might be our only player we sell for four or five years. It's got to we've got to be taking what we can out of it. So teams stopped buying from the lower divisions, and you ne- and and co- and then the quality gap got yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. So now we're not even looking down. We're not looking at those teams. And you're right; it's it's or the greed of the Premier League. Whether you whether you as you know we're obviously fans of a Premier League team, but it's that greed is 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 stopping any kind of flow. And all it's going to do is it's it's. You know, we might lose a couple of teams, and then we might lose a couple more, and then it's everyone will be like, "Well, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine," but till it starts knocking on your yeah, door, yeah, yeah. and either that might come because, like you've just said, if you've got a team that's in the Premier League and something bad happens and they go get relegated, and they're relying on that money, that that and and suddenly you, you could find yourself in that situation. Bolton were not long, not long exactly. in the Premier League, and they got they got debts of a hundred million. You know, obviously lived above the means. Mm. You know, and. The, 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 there's a couple of reasons why this happens. What, as you say, the greed of the Premier League, the greed of the European Club Association with the Champions League, which is designed to keep the, the, a couple of teams at the top of their mm. own domestic leagues every single year because they get more money. It's, it's all it's, it's all greed in football. But then the EFL as well. You know, the EFL were run by Sean Harvey. I think he used to be Leeds chief executive, <laughs> he, and they they were in dire straits when he was there. And, yeah. and then. He's like the, this this fit and proper persons rule, you know. I think Steve, I think I read that Steve Dale, his companies have failed forty four out of fifty one yeah. times. He's had to close them. What, what what right does he have to run a business? Mm. Ken Anderson saying he he got disbarred for being a director of a company for eight years. So that, and that's the worst that's the worst punishment yeah. you can get. So these people are obviously crooks. You, you know, it's money again because like, oh, I've saved that club. It doesn't really matter what happens mm-hmm. to it. It looks good to me. I get my raise to four hundred eighty-nine thousand. You know, anyone wants to read about Sean Harvey, read Kieran Maguire, who's at the price of football on Twitter. Excellent, excellent informative about football business. But it, it, this is the problem. And and the other way you can look at it though, as well, is is this more a traditional model of English football? Can it survive? You look at other clubs around Europe, Barcelona play in the second division in Spain or the mm-hmm. third division. And all these teams have got. Can can our ninety two club model survive modern times with this money? And I don't think it can. Sadly. I don't think it can. I think I think the problem is you, you've got a club like Salford City mm. who obviously have got the money of the class of ninety two behind them, and you see now, you know how they how they're gonna. It wouldn't surprise me if they got they reached, you know, the championship within four or five yeah, years. If they keep pumping yeah. money into them, obviously it's gonna be more and more money, but. You've got clubs like that, and then the flip side, you've got clubs who are a lot more clubs who are just not surviving. And the worry for me is, is that Premier League clubs, like we just said, will see this, and they will, and we're already seeing it. Is their aim is just to stay in the Premier League, yeah, so yeah. the Premier League will get less com- the competitive. Quality, yeah. the, quality the, quality, doing, yeah. the quality will will be will drop off, and we'll get 
what we will, we'll get an elite. And then the and then the mad thing is that elite will go. Well, we want more money then, so we'll it'll drain more money out yeah, of the yeah, rest of us, yeah. and it'll go. It'll continue to go to the top, and then they'll probably go. Yeah, we fancy going in the super European Super League now. See years later, we should destroy English football, and then there'll yeah. be no money in English yeah. football. And so, I know, I know it might sound a bit drastic, but it is a slippery slope. It is, yeah. it is a slippery slope if it doesn't get sorted out. If, like you've just said, the EFL don't come out and go, listen, we're as much to blame for this. We shouldn't have let this happen. We should have looked after those clubs. It's fine going. Oh, we'll give them this deadline, and you know they've probably give Bolton a couple of extra weeks because they're like. Oh, that'll make it look we can't afford to have two teams go on the same day because someone might start pointing fingers on at us well, Sky might get content out where they run a death clock I'm I mean sorry, that's, that was that's disgusting. disgusting Jim White should be ashamed of himself yeah. but you're right the EFL does need to do a root and branch of its, of its fit and proper person's rule you know you've got this year with Dodds County where they felt you know their own is a bit weird Alan Hardy you know but you know he's, there's been like a payment for player then you've got situation at Macclesfield Sol Campbell who did excellently last year for them had to walk out because the way you know they're not playing paying wages and the promises were broken to him and it, it's happened to a lot of clubs and eventually and these clubs are having to say to themselves we need to make the Premier League and it's going to happen in the Championship so it's, so it's in League 2 League 1 now yeah. it's going to happen in the Championship as well because they're going to go we need to make the Premier League otherwise like, we can't sustain this for yeah. five years and and you know how, how, can West Brom survive being out of the Premier League for the next couple of years they've got good own, big Chinese owners but but they want to sell the club because they just because without that Premier League money, it's not really worth it to them. Mm. So it's going to create a vacuum, and, and th- this is why Phil Gard's side, the late Phil Gard's side, he, when he was Bolton chairman, he essentially wants to have a two league Premier League two, and you could never get relegated from that. The champ, essentially, the football league would be out of it, and this is why because he knew that the future for Bolton was what it is now yeah. because they could not survive yeah. without Premier League. Well, money. ultimately, ultimately, the top and bottom move is if you're a big club, you're a big club. Yeah. If you get big weight, if you get uh, big crowds. Because you're a big city, you you'll be you're a big club. You don't you won't that model isn't sustainable. If you're not whether people like it or not, when they say, "Oh, well, the fans don't matter anymore," they do. Of course, they do. The fans matter as much now as they've as they've ever mattered. Maybe not what comes through the turnstiles, yeah. but it's everything that goes with yeah. it. Makes you know, it's sense. why it's why if people wonder why Liverpool or Man United are so heavily favoured by Sky, it's because. They have more people who pick up a remote control yeah, and have a subscription. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter if Man City are the champions, or or if we did well or whatever. Our fans don't subscribe to Manchester uh, to, to to Sky like Manchester United and Liverpool do. No, they don't. And that's the top and bottom of it. And those clubs like Bolton, look at Leicester. Leicester won the league. Yeah, thanks. Next. Yeah. No one's bothered. You're mm. never getting bigger than you, you are. You won't be on every Sunday still. Yeah. You're never going to be on every Sunday. As you say, it is that viewing figure. It, 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 so if Man United and Liverpool are bringing 400,000 per more viewers per game, the top-level sponsors will want to have yeah. it on. And that's what's run Sky. Sky are run by money. And they're, 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 so, again, the fans are important. And worldwide, you know, when you sign all these sponsorships, do you think that, like, you know, you know Turkish Airlines give Man United loads of money if no one in Turkey or sports them or no one in the Middle Asia sports them? No, mm. they're not. It's because they can make something off being associated with that brand. But the problem is now, Everton, especially because like Everton and Crystal Palace, are all behooving to this TV money. And if and I think the money's going to go down because I just don't think it's sustainable going up and up and up. Sky, basically, are probably running, run, I'm guessing, are running a lot. The football's a lost leader for Sky. Well, we've seen it? that, haven't we, with Sky? Because they've cut... Obviously, cut all their other football. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. Uh, There's no Spanish football anymore. And Spanish football's not even on TV in England at the moment. The world's best player is not on television in England. It's on ITV4. Exactly. Well, you know, a cheap price. And it's on this season, ITV4. It is on ITV4. Has has got, yeah, got the deal again. Right, but it's okay. only one game a week. One mm, live game yeah. a week and one set of highlights. It's pretty poor. Italian footy, I think, is on. Like again, one of those pay a pay channel, like yeah, Premier or something like that. What it was, yeah. um, it, 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 it's 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 it's. Even BT is struggling. BT had to, had to take a smaller package, didn't they? Well, of course, because they've gone for the Champions League. They've yeah. spent all their money on the Champions League. So, it, it, yeah, and you, we get, of course, we're getting other things coming into it now. We're going to have Amazon Prime, and eventually, um, you know, maybe Netflix and YouTube will come into yeah, the market. Yeah. That's what like they that. want, don't they? Yeah. Well, of course, uh, it'll, it'll, they want every package sold to somebody else. Yeah. But it's, as I said, it's, 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 it's eating itself. And gone are the days where um, you had your local business from buying a club and keeping it running. Can, and yeah. What do you think on the idea of maybe the uh, you know maybe the EFL coming out and trying to implement, say, a fifty percent rule fans own clubs? Do you think that could work? 
Yeah, but then Ukraine is disadvantaged because when the team comes down from the Premier League, that, do they owners have to then sell half there mm. to the fans? So that that I, I, I like that because in Germany they do that the fifty plus one, which is why they hate RB Leipzig and the half hate Hoffenheim, don't they? <laughs> not as much as just RB the half Leipzig. that's yeah. just the half that's not owned by the yeah, fans. Yeah, they're not really big fans because obviously Dietmar Hopp, who's a billionaire tech, tech was he, he owns Hoffenheim and brought them up to divisions, but RB Leipzig is the conglomerate they all hate in there, and they, you know the protest against every week but yeah I'd if you could go back to that yeah it'd be great because then the fans would have you know Swansea you know we look at Swansea you know in terms of they had the, the fans owned the club for a long time they were really good and then Hugh Jenkins who was the head of the sports fund who, trust who, who ran the club then he started making a couple of bad decisions and the Americans came in and then they, they got yeah. relegated then and then a completely different situation than they are now and so where it was under the fans' support, they were sort of the fans were sort of beholden to the, the, what you know they wanted to make to keep the club in check. Whereas mm. now with these owners and not going to be kept in check, it's their own vanity in a lot of cases. It, it's difficult, isn't it? Because like yeah. you've just said there, you'd have to you'd have to start again, and you, you'd have to say to a lot of teams, well, you're going to lose revenue because you're going to you're because a lot of clubs are going, well, we're well run, you know, yeah. we're, we're a well run team, we've got a, a good stadium, we've got. We we live within our means and we're still well run, so it's a difficult one. But I think for, the first thing that has to happen is the EFL have to look at themselves in the mirror and say we're 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 to blame for this. We're just as to blame as anyone for 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 this happening for Barry to be leaving the uh, the. the EFL is this is there a way that the Premier League clubs can help the EFL? You know, there's twenty Premier League clubs. Do they? Sort of have two teams where they give four players a year. They give them some money towards it, and you know, that's, I know that sort of creates a, an issue in a sense. But it helps develop players. The Premier League are then support, mm. giving them money. The players are getting developed. It's sort of creating, a, you know, a sort of a useful. And I know that's that's an idea, not the traditional way. Is we have the most competitive five leagues in the world. I just think that it's it's no, football does not want that to happen. I agree. I, I think if you were to ask a fan, would they rather lose their club or it become? part owned or a feeder club or whatever you want to call it to a Premier League club then they'd take that it just depends what the rules are isn't yeah it's it? going to be it's difficult because then you can't kill the competitiveness of the leagues and you can't force managers to play players but there has to be a trade off where mm. everyone gets what they want I just think I think that the whole greed in football is, as you say it's eating itself isn't it really and eventually you probably are going to end up having two you've leagues you've got to have someone at the EFL who's got to go by case to case and look at when teams get bought and go, well, what are the reasons? Why? And look at look into the background of these people and go, well, hang on. You, you've you bought companies before that were struggling and you've basically just come in. It's publicly available information, yeah, though, which you've is come insane. In, you've broke them up. You've took the assets. You've you know, you stripped the club and, and and you've moved it on. And just join the dots and you'll find there's a yeah. you'll find that there mightn't be uh, it mightn't be all you well, know good you know, stuff with this Steve Dale situation you basically got a man who's basically saw an opportunity and is happy to let a club go out of business so he mm. can make his money he saw a way of making more money you know he wasn't really bothered about but you know he, I remember he did an interview I was quite impressed with the interview I think it was in like in January or December or January he was saying would to make the club better but it was just all false yeah. you know it was just like time for himself yeah yeah he was talking out the side of his mouth very, very sad. We'll have to wait and see what the fate of Bolton Wanderers is in a couple of fingers weeks. Crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed for them. Anyway, coming up in part three, we're going to look forward to the game at home against Wolves on Hooray. Sunday. <laughs> Thanks for downloading the Toffee TV podcast, but did you know we put all our shows out as podcasts? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Toffee TV EFC and you'll find all the latest shows available as podcasts exclusively for Patreon subscribers. So if you need to find all the latest ever news, conversations, stats, match previews and match reviews as easily downloadable podcasts at your convenience, head over to Patreon. Welcome back to the final part of the Toffee TV podcast. Wolves at home. Sunday. Hmm. No, I think it's going to be a tough game. Let's be honest. They are organised. You know, the, the continuity that Wolves play with is, is what it's key to them. Mm. They haven't particularly impressed this season. They also, I don't think they've lost after. I think they've got three draws. No, but they've been yeah, but they've been playing in the in the. You, you want to be Torino, which are not a bad Torino, side. They've got, yeah. they've got Torino ahead of. I think they won the, three one, didn't they? Um, three two. Three two. So sorry, they've yeah. got Torino in the second leg ahead of ahead of the game as well. Um, I, I imagine they'll go through, but let's hope that 
you know, so let's hope it goes to penalties. No, yeah. Let's hope that you know. Let's hope that when it comes to Sunday, they're a little bit. Jeez. It's took an edge off a little bit, and 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 the and you know if we push them a little bit, they they'll they'll fall. It was two games we played against them last season where you know the one down there I thought we should have won, and the one at Goodison Park for me on the day we were beaten quite quite yeah, not easily, but they were the better side. They were the better side, and they worked us out, didn't they? Yeah. And it was um, it was a bit of an eye opener, wasn't it? The first game we should have won. It was obviously the red card. Was you know it's Jag Yelkerley in the game and you know sort of coming out party with Charleston and Everton, wasn't it? But you know th- that game we should have won, and they were obviously new to the Premier League that day, and they went to strength to strength. And, and this is where you can. I always say to people when you talk about Everton, you know, well, Andy better than Wolves, got a better squad. They've been together so long, they certainly know each other, they know the system. We're going to get there. Obviously, it's taken given time and a few tweaks, but. That's what makes Wolves best because they're good because they play the same system all the time. So it's going to be a tough game. I think, as you say, though, that Thursday Sunday thing starts to bite now. The Premier League starts, and it's early in the season. It bites most. I remember Tottenham struggling at times. I think it's that. I think we found that a few times. You know, they always put you on at like two o'clock on a Sunday. That's what we always found, yeah, and yeah. we were always away. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we were always away. It was always seemed to be a tough game. So they they'll be coming off like you know that. that They'll play in their own, but it won't be an easy game. There's, it's a slim lead, so you know I'll, I'll come to try and, and try and win that game. I expect them to win, but you just the way I look at these games is that, and actually, it's not what Everton are very good at. It's that if you can get the lead and then you push, it's whether those players have got that extra little bit or whether they just go, nah, not, not today. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Okay, not yeah. today. You know what? Get through this couple of weeks off, international break. And we'll start again. We're in the group stages then, and then we'll start. We'll attack yeah, yeah. it again. And it, but Everton have got to get themselves in that position where they force Wolves to just go, not not today. Yeah, yeah. You've got to put them under pressure early and sort of run the legs off them yeah. in the first twenty minutes. But and we can do that. We've seen it last season against West Ham and Man United. We could really do that. But it's whether we can. I, we've got to play. We've got better players now, so we should be able to do it. We've got pace. And Keane and Wobi, hopefully, you know, they come through tonight. You know, fingers crossed they play well tonight and they come through get ready for Sunday. And we, then we've got everyone wants a game this Sunday. You, know, you, can play, you can go, oh, well, these players need to play. And I think hopefully we can do that. I think it's just breaking Wolves down again because I think they're going to come to sit probably deep and try and beat us on the counter. That's their, they want Jota and Jimenez on the counter. And we have to sort of be wary of that. But also, obviously, you know, the Goodison crowd will expect us to take the game to them. Yeah, I was really impressed by Jota last season, yeah, the way he player. dropped off. Um, and just the way I think what, what what impressed me most about Wolves was when they get them when they get the ball in the middle of the park they've got such good passes yeah. that the that the players like Jota they just push up and hit the spaces between the fullback and the centre back and hit the space and and the midfielders find them yeah they've got such a good range of passes and they yeah. just they just counter attack it's not like a counter attack I know it's a Troy you've got they got the pace but it's a counter attack through incisive passes and good running yeah, rather than running with the ball running, yeah. you know, Jimenez is not the quickest but he just makes those I always say you know, like Diego Costa old school striker runs You know, sometimes he might not even get the ball but he's just taking the player away he's, he's just running them into the channel yeah. and opening up spaces a lot, teams don't do that anymore a lot of a lot of people make runs to hit the ball now don't they it's, it's, it's a different sort of game you know Man City do it well where they have dummy runs where they take people off the ball and stuff like that but we need, like, ever need to be wary of the fact that they, they're not looking to sort of just beat you with all pace, pace, pace. It's the cleverness of which they mm. do it. And having someone sit on Neves is really key because he, he's he's really the fulcrum in the middle of that park, really. Yeah. They're, they're just a very good side. It's, it's very, very annoying, isn't it? it that's what, going back to your point before, it's just really annoying when you see, you see a team come up from the championship and hit the ground running like they did. And then, I don't know, they just... They don't, they don't seem to have any worries. You know, like even like the way they've approached the the qualifying of for the Europa League. They haven't like they've gone away and like won four 0 and yeah, it's not been like you know they've probably been had a couple of I think they had one tough game, but it's not like really any. It's just business as usual, yeah, really, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's, maybe because it's not us. But, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's like we 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 they're a club that have got. because it is all fresh to them because then it's they're all new to it and because they haven't been jaded by. Season after season is heartbreak. Yeah, or, or expectation. <laughs> yeah, there's no expectation. But Whereas they're they're all enjoying it. They've got good players. They've got a good system. They've got a good coach. They've got a well thought out uh, transfer policy. Uh, you know, they've got Doggy Mendes. Mendes in their in their in their ass pocket, and it just it it seems 
because it is so early and because that expectation isn't on them yet that they're all just enjoying it and you're right what you're saying they had a whole year essentially in the championship with zero threat to just play every game and enjoy every game and get and 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 just get that blend right with actually having to worry about opposition teams because he was so much better. Yeah, this is a this is comes into a, a wider Everton thought as well. People go, "Oh, why are these teams that we're beating us because they're better? You know, we're not we're better." If you look at Everton's last five years, we've changed. We keep changing. This is why we, we, you know, anyone you know, speak to you about Marcus Silvers, you know, we, we want continuity. Yeah. We want to build a style. We want teams to play to a certain system. So if Marcus Silver eventually does be replaced, you know, hopefully, you know, not, then we bring in a manager who can just walk in and go, "I'm going to play similar. I don't need a whole new team of players. I'm not going to play completely different. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to play a similar style, but better maybe." So, but Wolves basically have had the same team. Norwich, you know, come up. I know that people say they're a little naive. Actually, they play really good football. They're just getting used to the Premiership. It's a bit of a step up. But again, they're mostly the same team and they're playing well. You know, the stretching teams are giving teams problems. And I think we need that continuity. So, like, like a Liverpool, like a Tottenham, where you can just go for a couple of years where you say, you know, we know we've got this star, we've got this system. All we need to do when we add the players in, they're ready to play in that system. I, I think. All three teams have um, embraced that this season. They've come yeah. up. All three teams. I know. I know. Villa have bought a lot of players. I know mm. they have. They need but, to. <laughs> but they've embraced the idea of the core players that got them up last season. That that was what they were going to. That's build what they were going to yeah. build through that. Um, Norwich have done. Norwich have done that. They haven't bought many players at all. And Sheffield United haven't bought just many players. Just been really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a case of just coming up. And saying, right, I, I've, we've got faith in the system, got faith in the players, and we're just going to keep doing what we do, and we'll see what happens. Um, and that's that comes off the back, I think, of of what Wolves done, and, and trying not to do what Fulham done. And I know people will probably say, well, Villa, well, Villa are a little bit sort of in the middle, but I don't think much has changed. I think they've still got those core players. They bought the players that were on loan, and it is those core players. They haven't just ripped it all up and gone, oh, we're in the Premier League, we've got to have 11 new players. They've bought players, but a lot of them will be, be in the squad and be introduced um, at different times. So maybe this, again, this comes back to the, you know a new way of doing things and just thinking... We are good enough. We have got a system. We do believe in the players we've got, and we're gonna go with work that. Work it out. You're gonna work it out. Yeah. Look at Bournemouth. Bournemouth now are only really now edging out a lot of those players who got them off from the Championship. Now they've been in the team a while. Now they're adding the quality, but mm. the established Premier League side now. And this is you can't keep changing product. Man United have found that they found you know Guy Neville was talking about the other day on Stan Conor's podcast. You know you can't just keep changing everything all the time. You need continuity. You need a, a style, a system, a, an ethos, if you will. And and I think to, obviously this is not to do with the game Sunday, but I think we just need a little bit of patience. I think Marcus Silva will work it out. I think he'll make the tweaks necessary. We'll add these new players to the system. We'll be fine. And I think this you know I, I predict to win this Sunday. If I'm honest, that you know I, I think we're going to bounce back. I think you know they'll look at the tape from the other night and think we can't keep going wide. Gilfie, you need to get here if you play. Wobi, you can provide us with this key. Dom, you can sit on the bench, you know, for this game. You know, Keane just want to stretch the the back three because back three really actually playing to uh, players with pace hands really because you can get down the you draw the full backs up the pitch mm. and then you can create space out wide and drag the drag the centre backs out wide then and that's what we need to do. If they sit deep, then we need to vary and not go out wide so much. But I, I hope we can we can sort of you know alleviate people's fears because I think this is the, the expectation for the season was far too high coming into it. Really yeah. well, we say it's going to be. It's always that game, you know. If you win it, then we've had a better start than we've had last season. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if we win it and with a couple of weeks break, it's you're bouncing then. But if- that's the problem. The international break. I, I don't like the early international break. It's, mm. it's you know, it, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, in, in terms of it, you just get into the season, you're excited yeah. it's back, and then it goes away for the. I hate international football. Yeah. Honest with you, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, hopefully, get three points. It is a home game. We're all expecting it. Hopefully, the crowd will be up for it. And. Um, you know, hopefully we'll win tonight as well in the League Cup. Yeah, we won last night in the EFL Trophy, didn't we? Anthony Gordon with a... <laughs> oh, we were on pens, actually. Great but goal. Anthony Gordon with a great goal. Let's just pump yeah. the brakes on Anthony great Gordon. Goal. He needs... Yeah, he needs yeah, to, he's a good player. We no doubt about it. He's got a lot of talent. Let's develop him properly. Yeah. Let's get him... Let's get, yeah. When he's ready, he'll be staying with a step up to the first team. Yeah, there you go. Another podcast in the bag. Um, don't forget, you can find this podcast in all the places you find podcasts now so if you're listening on one thing and it doesn't suit you you'll probably be able to find it you can find it on iTunes you'll find it on Spotify TuneIn Stitcher uh, all those 
good places. Wonderful places. All those wonderful places, yeah. Lucid voices. So make sure you check that out. You can also get the audio on YouTube in a video. And you can also see the video version of this podcast on our Patreon as well. With a lot of hand movement from Yeah, me. a lot of hand movement. You can see us going. The anguish of Tom of you, if, you, if you're watching now, you'll see me doing all mad hand Like one things. of those like blow-up things, you know, outside of the car. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for listening. Peace. See you later.